0: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Genesis chapter one, verses one through three, sets the tone for what God really did as he was beginning to reach out to the world. If you can imagine what it was like before there was an earth, before there were stars, before we could look up at night and see all of God's creation, there was nothing. Only silence. The absence of a relationship with God. But God broke the silence and brought light into the world. He brought light into the world when he created it at the beginning, and he also brought light into the world whenever Jesus came into this world. The Old Testament Genesis tells us that God brought light into the world, but but John chapter one also tells us that God brought light into the world. It says in John chapter one, verses one through five, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was God, he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made, that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. God always had a plan to restore his relationship with us. Whenever Adam and Eve failed in the garden to obey God, God didn't say, now I want you to make it better. No, he said that he had a plan. And his plan that was outlined in Genesis 3 revealed that one day he would send a Savior. And the Savior would do battle on our behalf against Satan. And Satan would make a strike, but the Savior would win the fight. And because of what God has done, and because he has sent his son Jesus, we can't remain silent. Because of Jesus, we can't remain silent. In fact, the story of Christmas is really not about us. The story of Christmas is really about Jesus. And Matthew chapter one, verse 18 through 23, give us a snapshot into what Christmas was all about. Here's what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. See, when I think about the story of Christmas, it's really about family. It's about God inviting us to be a part of his family, it's about him sending Jesus into the world to be part of a family. And he's all about family because God is not about a religion, he's about relationship. And he desperately wants each and every one of us to be part of his family. Whenever I think about family, I I, I can't help but think about the most recent visit from my parents. My my parents are in their 70s, and this whole adoption and foster care uh, that, that we do as a family is a very new concept for them, personally. And, and so they knew some of the boys that had been adopted and been foster kids in our family for a year now, but, but they didn't know the two youngest and newest members of our family through the foster care. Uh, they had not met Ter-Ter, they'd only heard stories, and they hadn't met Jojo, they'd only heard stories and seen pictures, and so, so they, they were excited to meet them. And, and I can remember when my mom got there, uh, she began to talk to the boys and play with the boys a little bit upstairs and joke with them. And then, and then JoJo comes up and he takes her by the hand and he says, he says, Grandma, come downstairs and take a look at the tree. We have this Christmas tree and we're so excited about Christmas. And so my mom said, well, sure, that sounds great. And so she made her way down the stairs into our basement. And they were down there, not just for a few minutes, but they were there for a while, and we were upstairs, and we were just you know drinking coffee and 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 chatting and I was talking to my dad, and we were catching up on on what was happening in the family and and I began to think it's been a while since my mom has come up and then after about an hour, my mom comes back up the stairs with the boys, and the boys go back downstairs to play and That's whenever I found out that my mom had looked at the Christmas tree, looked at all the stockings, looked at their rooms. Uh, He pulled out some toys. Jojo pulled out some things that had to be put together and he kind of struggled to put those things together. And so because she was a teacher, she sat down and she worked with him and helped him to figure out the puzzles that he had. And then Jojo looked at her and he said, Grandma, will you play hide and go seek with me? And she's in her 70s, but she's gay. And so she said, okay, fine. Do you want me to hide or do you want me to look first? He said, you hide first. And so he hid his eyes and he began to count one, two, four, seven, you know, just like any kid would. And my mom was looking around, where can I hide, where can I hide? And, 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 and so she went and she hid in the bathroom shower. And so Jojo, he says, ready or not, here I come. And he begins to look around and, and, and she can hear him rustling around. He's looking behind the chairs and he, he checked behind the tree and he walked around, he opened up cupboards downstairs and, 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 and finally he came into the bathroom. He apparently used it, <laughs> walked out, only to come back and discover that mom was hiding in the shower. And so he said, I found you! And they cheered and, and he said, now it's your turn, you find me. And so she went, and she covered her eyes, and she began to count. And he ran around, and he hid. And, and she said that, you know, it wasn't really hard to find him because he just couldn't remain silent. <laughs> and he hid in a cupboard, and, and you could see the cupboard shake as he would laugh. And so she would walk past it just to give him a little bit more time to know that, you know, he was doing a good job hiding. And then she found him. And he's like, you found me. And her response was, of course because I've been looking for you. Now, whenever she came upstairs and she began to, to talk with us, she pulled me aside and she said, um, has JoJo been tested for delayed learning? And I said, why? And she said, well, you know, he really struggled to put the puzzles together and I, I just thought a boy of his age would, would do better. And I said, well, how old do you think he is? And he said, well, he's as big as the other boys. He's eight, right? And I said, no, he's five. (laughs) And she went, oh, now it makes sense. He's just really big for his age. Of course, a five-year-old wouldn't be able to figure all of this out. And the truth is, when it comes to Christmas, many of us have the same assumptions. If we were to just look around and make the assumption of what Christmas was all about just based on what we see in our stores and and, and how people react during the season, you would think that it's all about Christmas trees and that the whole meaning of Christmas is about shopping and buying items for ourselves and for our loved ones and that it's about giving gifts to people that we care about. We would think that Christmas was about television shows that we're going to watch with our kids and and, and lights and parades and, and all sorts of things. But see, that would be an assumption. Because until we have that aha moment and we realize that Christmas really isn't about us, but it's about Jesus coming to the world for us, then we have the moment where we say, oh, Now it all makes sense. See, I think that one of the most beautiful songs that we sing during the Christmas season is Silent Night. Because it's about a holy night. And it's about a savior who comes to reach us. Whenever I take a look at the entire Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, I begin to discover that there really is a theme that runs completely from beginning to end about silence. And it's about Jesus breaking the silence. Because really when it's very, very silent and it's very, very still, that's when we feel the most alone. But God breaks through all of that. And he broke through the silence in the beginning And he breaks through the silence in our pain. And he breaks through the silence of our suffering. And when we've all lost hope, he breaks through that as well. And what he offers is an invitation to be a part of his family. Because he's Emmanuel, he's God with us. And he's Jesus. And he's Jesus because he came to save us from the sins of the world. When we take a survey and look at what God says about silence and how Jesus comes, we begin to discover that there is an incredible story, a love story, that God rolls out. Whenever God spoke to the prophet in Zephaniah, chapter one, verse seven, he said, be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. And this is Old Testament, and so, when he says it was near, they had to wait for 400 years in silence, wondering when and where the Messiah would come. David, who had a heart after God, said in Psalm 62, five, for God alone, oh my soul, wait in silence for my hope is from him. He knew that there was a Savior that was coming, and he was waiting in silence in anticipation and in hope. Lamentations tells us in 3, verse 26, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Because salvation is not something that we can, we can create a commotion or a plan or come up with a way that you or I are going to solve our problems. You and I cannot do enough good things to counteract the sin that's in our life. And he's saying it's important for us to be quiet and consider and wait on the Lord because the Lord is the one who is the answer to our problems. Psalm 37, 7 says, be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Don't create your own plan. Don't try to figure it out for yourself. Trust God because He's already got it all figured out. And then in Exodus 14 14, He encouraged the Israelites as they fought battle after battle after battle to receive the promise that God had offered them. He told them this The Lord will fight for you, and you will have only to be silent. And can you imagine as God won battle after battle for them that it must have silenced them as they were in awe. But today we need to remember that God does fight for us. Psalm 62, one says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. See, our salvation from our sins, our hope, our desires and our future, those can only come from God. And even Jesus responded as he fought for us in silence. Isaiah 53, 7 reveals that the Messiah would suffer. It says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is before his shearers is silent. So... He opened not his mouth. Jesus loved us so much that through his actions, he allowed himself to be stretched out on a cross, nailed to the cross for our sins, and he died so that we might live. His actions spoke louder than any words we can ever speak. God reminds us of this in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. See, Christianity is not about something we do. It's about something that's been done for us. See, we don't have to get our life right, and then we have to meet Jesus, and then we... Go to heaven, no, 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 no. God so loved the world that he sent his son to us. And his son died on a cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. Christmas is not about all the busyness that we have to do during this holiday season. Christmas is about what's been done for us. And it's about the greatest gift that any of us have ever had the opportunity to receive in fact as we sit in silence and we consider all that god's done we should be reminded of psalm 46 10 it says be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth and this was prophesied in the old testament but it was fulfilled through the scriptures in the New Testament showing this is exactly what's going to happen. Jesus came into the world. He died on the cross, and there is a point where he is going to return. Paul tells Philippians, the people of Philippi, in, in a chapter that is completely devoted to joy, and we should have joy this Christmas, because Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11 through 11, very clearly shows Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of God the Father." There is a point where every person is going to bow their knee. For those that bow their knee early and recognize Christ, that return will be joyful. For those of us that miss the message, that will be a day of reckoning. But God's not mad at us. God is mad about us. And he sent his only son. And there's a point where we can remain silent no more. There is a point where every person is going to have to decide for themselves where they stand in regard to Jesus. Now today you have to make a decision. Am I standing here speaking something that is not true? Because if it's not true, then leave, have no problem, head on out. But if I'm speaking the truth of God, then it's not really me speaking. It's God speaking to you. And what he's saying is very true. And I believe that what I'm saying is true. And I believe that every person needs to make sure that this Christmas is not a season of decoration, but that it is a season of declaration, that Jesus came for you, and Jesus came for me, and Jesus came for all of us. The truth is, there's a point, we need to break the silence, and that time is now. Romans 10 verse nine very clearly tells us that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you might wonder, saved from what? Listen, good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And the thing that we have to be saved from is our sin. And the reason why Jesus was born into the world and named Jesus is because he came to save the world from our sins. He pays the price, he offers a gift of eternal life and whoever chooses it will be forgiven, will be adopted into his family and will spend eternity with him. In heaven, there is no pain and there is no suffering. Today, I wanna pray for you as we enter into this Christmas season, as we really consider what it's about. And I want us to prayerfully consider in the silence the decision that we're making and the life that we're going to live. Let us pray. Jesus, this Christmas, God, I pray that we would consider what you've done for us, that in the beginning you created the heavens and the earth. God, you made this world for us. You created heaven for us, and you want us to spend eternity with you there. You pushed out the darkness through your son, Jesus Christ, who literally came to be born in a manger in Bethlehem, so that he would grow to be a sinless example of your love and your grace and your mercy. And in his 30s, in the prime of his life, he died on a cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. He not just died on a cross, but he was buried for three days. And after three days, he rose from the grave, proving that he could conquer death and that he could rise to life and that he has a place for you and I in heaven and he wants to do life with us right now. And all we have to do is confess that Jesus is Lord. In this moment, I'm gonna ask that Your location, pastor, come out. And as we consider in our silence, we're going to count to three. And for those of you that want to declare your faith and begin a relationship with Jesus, Once your location, pastor, counts to three, I want you to just speak out and say, Jesus is Lord.